Welcome to the Leaders of Lasting Impact podcast. My name is Matt Pohl, founder of the Rewild Group. We believe that as a fundamental part of the human experience, that work is not only essential, it's valuable, that work matters. That's why we're on a mission to multiply the number of exceptional businesses globally. We want business owners and their employees to thrive at work. Thanks for joining us for another episode where we discuss stories of how leaders are having a lasting impact on small and mid-sized businesses. Welcome to the Leaders of Lasting Impact podcast. I'm Matt Pohl, your host, and I'm pleased to be joined today by Cheryl Mobley. She is CEO and founder of Recalibrate. She's down in the Texas area. She's been there for a while. Uh, glad to have you on today. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, Cheryl. Um, we saw your background and how you're working with small and mid-sized businesses. We wanted to have you on as a guest yeah, so that you can tell us a little bit about that. I, I was wondering if you could maybe start off, just tell me a little bit about your background. How did you, you know, tell us a little bit about your your uh, business background, yeah. uh, where you started, that kind of a thing. So I actually, fresh out of college, a friend and I started a cleaning business because we were both disgusted with the day jobs that we had gotten <laughs> right okay. out of college. <laughs> and it uh, it actually turned out to be a fabulous experience because we learned so much. Um, and we still laugh to this day, all the, you know, all, everything I needed to know I learned in kindergarten, it was the same sort of thing, right? About yeah, business. yeah. And so we ultimately ended up selling it to an existing um, company who wanted, you know, who wanted to kind of buy our book of business. So that was kind of my very first right out of college sort of experience. And, you know, kind of fast forward, I end up um, many years later in healthcare, somewhat reluctantly, but that's where I ended up. Okay. (laughs) My, all my, all the women in my family were in healthcare and I swore I would not end up in healthcare and of course, and you know, it's, it's that never gotcha. thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were all on the clinical side. I was not, not clinical, but I started out kind of in quality risk management. Um, and for those of your listeners who aren't, you know, you, you can kind of have a picture of it, but quality is obviously making sure everything's as perfect as you can make it. And then risk is avoiding the bad stuff, you know, okay. so they're kind of mirror images of each other. Okay. So I was running that for a hospital and then ultimately added operations. And then ultimately I was asked to serve as president of the hospital. Okay. Even though I was like, no, 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 I don't want to be a president. But I ended up being president for five years. And again, like the cleaning business, it was a fabulous experience um, because we had an amazing team. And it, it's a really different transition when it's just you. And I know, you know, small and medium, you know, medium sized businesses, you get to where it's like, okay, we're starting to build a team. How does that work? Right. How do we make that good? We don't have enough. Do we have the right? I mean, it's all of those kinds of questions. And so, for us, our hospital was what was considered a small hospital, which has gifts and challenges, right? The gifts are you can turn fast, right? You can, you know, right. things are visible to you. Everybody knows a lot because you don't have the luxury of, oh, I don't have to do that. That's yeah, the specialization, right? overly okay. specialized, right? Exactly. But the the hard side is you don't necessarily have all the people that you need. So you have to figure out, okay, we've still got to deliver. We've still got to be awesome. We don't have all the people we'd like to have. How do we not burn anybody out mm-hmm. and still deliver an amazing service? Right. So that was a fabulous proving ground um, in terms of experience. Cause I also worked, my hospital was one of like 15 hospitals in this very large system here in North Texas. Okay. So while I ran my hospital, I also had responsibility at the corporate level. 
So that's a really different world when you have like 23,000 employees and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. So it was just a really interesting kind of teeter-totter <laughs> at times in terms of making that work. But our team was amazing. I mean, they really were and delivered and created so many things that benefited not just our hospital, but also other patients in other hospitals in our system because of the work that they did. And our hospital consistently lived at what's in the healthcare industry, as far as hospitals, is termed kind of percentile performance because you're measured against all the other hospitals pretty much in the country. If okay. they take Medicare as a payer, you all get measured. And at the time I was president, that was 5,000-ish hospitals, so a good good size. And the metrics are given to you. You don't get to pick them, right? Here's the metric and here's your performance. And so our hospital consistently lived in 99th percentile performance, which is a nice way of saying we were almost perfect and we were some of the best all the time. That was just year over year over year. And ultimately, I ended up leaving to start Recalibrate because, you know, I'm, sometimes I'm a little slow off the mark and it dawned on me that a lot of people didn't have a clue how to do it. <laughs> right. Well, they just didn't know. And it's not that they didn't want to. Some don't. Some don't want to do the work, you know, but but for those that do, I'm like, well, shoot, we've got this sort of figured out, right? We're rolling. You know, the team is fabulous. They're doing it. You pull me out. It's all good. But for other people who really want to go, um, how do I start? What do I do? What do I pay attention to? What do I ignore? And so that was really my push to leave the hospital at, you know, after five years as president and, you know, start recalibrate, which was a way of saying, how can I help other business leaders, regardless of size, mm -hmm. be able to replicate this for themselves in their own industry? And the beauty of it is if it's industry agnostic. It doesn't matter what you do because right. we don't come in and say, this is where you should put the oil well. It's like, if you don't know that, you've got problems I can't help you with, right? Right. It's not not my gig. So it's just a really different way of looking at it. And so I ended up reverse engineering what made us different. Because if I can't call it out, then right. I can't help right. anybody yeah. else. Yeah. And so the the B99 Guiding Questions Framework was born, which is a series of questions, because I'm a really good, annoying two-year-old, right? <laughs> With my <laughs> questions, really good at it. Yeah. And I sat down and go, what do we do differently? Because I was surrounded by a lot of wonderful leaders, but they didn't get the results we did. And so it was actually really hard to suss that out it's like well what, what do i see us doing that i don't see them doing okay the, okay okay that's it yeah and so that putting that together and so that's kind of been my journey for lack of a better word to this point okay. um a mix of a lot of different things but ultimately that's where i landed here yeah well what would you say you've talked a little bit about that transition but was there a tipping point um an aha moment that said that really was the driver to move you from that corporate president of the hospital to saying, no, I want to do my own thing. It's a great question that the tipping point was actually two people on my team mm -hmm. because we were part of a larger organization, different people on our teams would go out to outside training. Okay. Right. And they would come back and both of the, this was so fascinating within literally like a week of each other. Both of them, one clinical, one not clinical, came back in their own ways. And one put it delicately. She goes, it sucks out there. <laughs> she goes, it really does. When I heard what's going on, she goes, that would never happen here, ever. Mm -hmm. And then literally less than a week later, another person, clinical person says, I like our bubble because it's pretty bad out there. Because <laughs> her daughter had said, mom, you drive by three other hospitals on the way to this one every day. And Traffic here can be fun. We're not California, but it's not that great. Yeah. And she's like, honey, it's more than just the drive. <laughs> spend, <laughs> a lot of, spend a lot of time at work. So it was really those two people 
okay. that were kind of my kick out the door. Okay. And it really were the people just don't know. Because you and I both know if you work in an environment where it doesn't feel good, it drains you. Yeah, exactly. It's exhausting. And yeah. I'm sorry, I don't want to be exhausted, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I just don't like living there. Yeah. Well, and that's that's in line with the rewild group's uh, vision, really, that our, our why is that mm -hmm. we believe that work matters. And mm -hmm. um, work has such an impact on the individual, both the owner of the business, leaders of the business, mm -hmm. but down to the, the every staff person. Mm -hmm. And if you go to what we consider an exceptional business, you are growing and building and you leave that environment a better version of yourself. And that has this positive ripple effect on the home, on the community, on the nation. And it, the opposite is also true. That's kind of your point is if, if it's, if it's not a great place to work, it, it drains you, you, you leave drained and, and you take that drained soul back <laughs> to the rest of your life. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I totally agree with that. Um, you say uh, your approach is industry agnostic. Do you do you have because of your strong healthcare experience? Does that tend to be a, a good part of your your uh, your client base, or do you have a pretty broad? It's a pretty broad mix. Yeah, I mean, for me, the whether we work with an organization, really, the the go no go for us is anything less than 99th percentile performance unacceptable for you? And do you want to have fun? I mean, for us, we're, we're about how do you bridge loving on your people and having really high standards. Hmm. And too often we go one way or the other. Yeah. we you, you know, you, Teeter totter. We go wham <laughs> on one end <laughs> or the other. Right. And so for us, it's people that want to do that, that want to go, how do I really walk that out every day? Right. And everything I have to deal with. And yes, I really want us to be at our version of 99th percentile performance. To your point, what it is for healthcare is different than for an energy firm. Right. right. You know, it's different from a manufacturing firm. It's different for a consulting firm. It's different for a CPA organization. Right. It just, you, you, the part of that is knowing what that is for you. And a lot of times people don't because they're so busy producing or putting out fires. Right. And it's like, oh, well, I don't have the, they, it's kind of like we treat rest as if, well, that's no work. And it's like, no, 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 right? <laughs> you must rest. And yes, you must have a sense of what you're putting your focus to, but too often we don't because the pace is so crazy that it just doesn't happen. Right. If you look across your clients, what, what are some of the common challenges or the common challenge or surface symptom that, that kind of. Uh, you see them coming to you with that pain point that they say, I really could use your help. Nope. That's a great question. The overarching thing is I want to get somewhere I'm not, and I don't know how. Okay. Right. You know, whether it's, it's yeah, I, yeah, I mean, it's just straight up. It looks really different. Uh -huh. You know, it may be, I've tried to solve this problem and boy, was it horrible. <laughs> the blowback was horrible. I thought I did the right thing. And now thank you very much. I'd rather not deal with this ever again. Right. But I right. now it's gotten to the point where I can't ignore it anymore. You can't ignore it. Right. Yeah. So that's one you get it. It may look different in somewhere else where they got, well, we've got a sales team and we've tasked them with a really, really big goal, but the world's different. Mm -hmm. And we need them to be able to think and respond differently than what we've 
given them up to this point and what has made them incredibly successful up to this point is no longer working. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's really, but the end of the day, it's, we want to be somewhere we're not. Yeah. <laughs> whatever got you there, right. Or whatever it looks like. Okay. Um, and is it, uh, when I looked at your website, it looks like you have a team uh, of professionals that kind of fill that out. What, tell me a little bit about your organization. Yeah, we have um, an ad hoc team because everybody's so different in terms of what they need, um, the yeah. expertise that we need to bring in to deal with the issues. Mm -hmm. um, for my kind of side of it, per se, is really just the high level. Where do we need to go? What are the holes we should have filled like five years ago? So let's start there first, you know, because right. a lot of times we've got so many things where like, well, people fall into the trap, whether they've got movement they want to make or whether they're setting goals of trying to do too much. And giving everything equal weight. Equal weight, it's like, yeah. no, 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 right? <laughs> and having an outside set of eyes who can go, no, 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 right? Or this is like critical. I know you don't want to do it. I get that. I can see that. This must be done first, right? So it's, it's coming in. That's my piece of it is really having those conversations okay. as someone who's been in a lot of roles and seen a lot of different people and can kind of come in and see really quickly for lack of a better word, diagnose kind of what's, mm -hmm. what is, what's their choke point. Right. And what do we need to say? No, no, no. We don't deal with this now. It may be fun. It may look, you know, really cool to you. It may feel like the biggest problem. It needs to like, you know, see that back burner. That's where it's going. Right? <laughs> this, thing, this thing is first. It's, right? it's on so, fire. Right. right? Yeah, exactly. Um, You've um, you've obviously taken what you learned with your success at the the hospital. You've you've created a system out of it, a methodology, if I would say something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, have you incorporated other things, or is it primarily you're relying on your experience? Obviously, all of our experience has is infused with other ideas, but. Primarily your own, or or do you rely on other things? Oh, it's a great question. So at this point, I have had the, what now I will call a gift at the time, didn't necessarily feel like a gift, yeah. of working from some amazing leaders mm -hmm. and working for some that were like the poster child for everything you don't want to be right? okay. and you don't want to do. And I learned so much from them because I'm like, the way I felt working with them or the mm -hmm. results we got I don't ever want to do that to anybody else, you know, or this person was so amazing. I love how they did this. I want to make sure that I do that in a way that comes from who Cheryl is, right? You know, right. you can't necessarily pick it up, you know, from what someone else would do because you're not them. And then it feels like you're wearing a hat that's not yours and everybody knows it. Um, it but for me, it's just really around being able to kind of approach it kind of in that manner is what I find okay. makes the most sense. So it's, it's everything I've ever done, everything I've been influenced by. Of course, the model itself comes not only from our successes, but also being really crystal clear about what other people weren't doing mm -hmm. that didn't allow them to experience that level of performance. Okay. okay. So it's, it's the flip side, the, you know, the, the double-sided coin, right? Right. Well, we've talked a little bit about your background and what you got here, some of the, the challenges that clients are coming to you with. Um, maybe you could share a, a story or two of an actual client, a small mid-sized business, mm -hmm. uh, perhaps, mm -hmm. that you can explain what brought them to you, 
and maybe how you had a lasting impact mm-hmm. on that organization. Okay, sure. One of the um, first clients I had kind of out of the mark, as it were, was an energy firm. Okay. Two men who had managed to build a company bigger than anything they had ever even personally worked in, which oh. is not, it's that's exactly right. That's a yeah. huge accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No model so, at all, right? Yeah. I mean, just amazing. And what they, what brought them to me was their terminology was we want to professionalize our organization. Okay. And they also wanted to, um, as we talked a little bit more, they were hoping to exit and and sell the firm in about five years and wanted to do what they needed to do to shore up what they felt were gaps, but also professionalize it and make it attractive. Okay. Very good. And we had, this was one of the cases where when we first met, I'm like, oh yeah, this is like number one, right? <laughs> number <laughs> one must do now. I bet, but no, 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 no. We will help you. We're not going to desert you, but, and I know it didn't go well before you can't not deal with us. Okay. And so that was one of the, the first things we had to do. And part of it is really when, when any of us have been burned by anything, whether it's personal, professional, most of us don't want to go do it again. We're yeah. like, no, 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 touch the burner. It was hot. Smart person says, don't touch the burner again. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Because that's, yeah, I agree. At the same time, as this was biting them so badly, this was going to prevent their going forward. Okay. In huge ways. And I said, we will help you. Here's how we're going to do this, right? Here's the people that are going to be involved if you don't have somebody that can already help you. Here are the things we need to do in order. Here's what y'all need to do, what we need to do, what we need to look for. This is how it's going to go. Yes, at times it's going to be scary. It may feel like we're jumping off a cliff. We'll do this. It'll be okay. (laughs) It'll be okay. (laughs) And so that was terrifying for them because it had gone really badly before and they had really tried hard. So there wasn't a whole lot of excitement to dive into this thing again. And can, the can willingness to- a little, Are you able to share just a little detail? What was it? A, a, basically a they had, people, well, it, it was a people issue that were um, getting them into some legal hot water. They were misaligned in terms of contractor, okay. not contractor kind of a thing. Um, okay. And so, and they had a lot of people in okay. a very competitive industry. So they didn't want people to leave, <laughs> you know, mm. and then they, you know, so it was really, it had, it was causing major problems for them. Okay. And part of it was being able to trust us enough and honestly to be fed up enough to be willing to deal with it. Cause we right. all have to get there. We have to get to the point where, where I am has to be worse than what I'm afraid of going to. <laughs> that, that's so true. You so know, otherwise I won't take the risk. Thank you so much. And so their willingness to do that really changed our working relationship completely because when other things would come up that weren't comfortable, but not in this realm, it was like, okay, we got this, we got this. So it also really buoyed them up in terms of what they could, you know, manage and deal with and what we could just, we handle it. It may be hard, but we deal with it. There's a way. Okay. So they picked up, I was so proud because of the things that we would put in place, I would see them picking up on their own for mm-hmm. things they were doing. And ultimately within 16 months, they had money in hand for a partial exit. They decided mm. one of them wanted to go and one of them wanted to stay. Okay. And so they were hoping maybe in five years they'd be attractive. Okay. And literally in 16 months, they had money in hand. <laughs> and oh. and they attributed it as well as their, what who I will call business broker. He said, yeah. he said to me, he goes, if I hadn't had a front row seat to the magic, I wouldn't have believed it. 
<laughs> how did you do it? Right? <laughs> how did you do it? And so that's for them. I mean, they're both really happy now, right? One is like, I'm done. I'm fishing. This life is good. And mm-hmm. the other one's just having a wonderful time continuing to do what he wants to do with some kind of structural support from the people that, you know, bought out most of the company. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. Anytime people have worked hard to build an organization and usually what you, I see is that um, they do a lot, right, but they're just missing a few elements that mm-hmm. if you can just infuse those elements, you can kind of take them to a new level mm-hmm. and it can re- rekindle their passion for the business. Mm-hmm. It can put them in a great place to exit. All those are wonderful things. So that's, that's great. Uh, do you have a second story kind of along those lines that you'd Yeah, this one was really different because this was a um, very successful multinational pharma team, sales team, that were being tasked with putting out and kind of growing market share for kind of a new kind of medication. Okay. So not even just we all know about, you know, X, but we're we're Y. This was like a completely different kind of medication. So that level of education as well as, so a lot of things had to happen um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, st- kind of structurally with a lot of different organizations that had to approve it, put it on their list. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of technicalities that I won't bore y'all with. So there was a lot of things that they had to, had to manage. And, and the irony was my, <laughs> my favorite thing in the world is not marketing. It's just not. Okay. It's where, I mean, it's like, no, 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 no. I'll do all day long, but please, please, I don't want to market. So of course the irony is, I end up helping them dramatically with marketing, right? <laughs> I'm like, okay, people that know me, I'm like, are you sitting down? Because if you're not, you're going to want to when you hear what I'm doing. Yeah. And one of the things, and this is relevant, I mean, if you have your own business, until you get to a certain size, you're it for marketing. You know, you right. are your marketing and sales. And then when you do bring someone in, you've got to make sure that they have your voice to speak about you you know, because you built it around you. And one of the things, so this is relevant for anybody listening. So they would be sending me, and this was um, at a time, this was COVID. So they weren't allowed to go see people. And they're like, well, we, we have to go see people. (laughs) This is how we do this, but they couldn't go see people, but Mm -hmm. their target wasn't changing. Right. They still had all these goals given unto them. And so I said, well, okay, so send me some of the emails you're sending. And some of these, most of them were cold emails. And I looked at one and I said, well, honestly, I wouldn't, again, as president, I got a ton of these. So when I was hospital president, the number of people that wanted to spend time with me, have me buy something, do all this stuff was just unbelievable. And it was one of my hard lessons because my nature is if somebody reaches out, I always respond. Right. And I had to learn, no, I can't do that. You know, the fact that you have decided I'm useful to you. Mm-hmm. doesn't obligate me to respond to you. Right. And that was hard for me because it felt really rude, <laughs> but I kind of, I had, I just had to get past it. So anyway, I'm reading, I said, so I said to them, I said, I get, I would get letters like this all the time, emails. I said, I would not have read past the first paragraph. And they were like, why? And I said, cause it's all about you. And I don't want to be rude, but I don't care about you. I don't know you. You're coming to me because you want something from me. That's not my issue. You know, and I said, you're telling me all about you and you're, you're very stiff and you're very rigid. But when I talk to you, you're lovely. 
you're fabulous, but none of that's coming through. You believe the lie that professionalism means that you're like the, mm -hmm. and I'm like, no. <laughs> and so I was just one of the ironies. So they would go, oh, I got a response. I've been reaching out to them for six months after we redid the email, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that was the beginning of our work together is just thinking differently and understanding right. it is not about you. Right. And that's that's true for any of your you know CEOs, founders. Business. I mean, it's not about you, right? It's right. It's a <laughs> it's, it, that is a hard thing, right? I mean, yeah. it's about you. You built the business. You've built the better mousetrap, and you're right. Uh, your market doesn't care about that. It's yeah. how how can you help them? Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. Um, if you would to be sitting across from a CEO and, you know, you could give them a word of advice. What, what, what is something that kind of is at that foundational level that you think might be applicable to most small mid-sized owners? I think it's applicable to any business size. I think, you know, SMBs that they're more vulnerable because there's less people. Right. right? And when you have less people, anything that goes wrong is magnified just like anything that goes right is amplified. You know, you've got mm -hmm. the, you know, kind of that double-edged sword. And what I'm seeing way, way, way too many people allow themselves to be sucked into right now, and when I say people, I'm talking leaders, is they're trying to make everybody happy and they're forgetting that the organization exists to serve people outside of it. Mm -hmm. And you, you as an organization, for example, for our hospital, what I would tell everybody was my goal for us is that we are the best place in the world to give and receive care, period. And that's what we're here to do. Now, will we love on our people, take care of our people, nurture our people, support our people? Yes, but we are not here for us. Okay, We're here because someone is in the worst time of their life. Some of them will not survive. Their life is disrupted. Their family is disrupted. They're scared. We exist for them because if they go away, we don't exist. That's right. Right. And so I just see now with all of the, to me, they're just ludicrous statements. Well, this is my truth. Well, we can't have mutually opposing truths. Perspectives, yes. <laughs> right. But when we say it's a truth, then it becomes inviolable and you can't, you know, you can't say anything to me. And there is so many, there are so many people so willing to take offense mm -hmm. and find something to be offended by. And then you get leaders kind of playing whack-a-mole in terms of putting out this fire and that fire and this fire. And all they're doing is inflaming the situation. And it's very similar to the first client I talked about. They had something they didn't want to deal with, mainly because they were afraid of losing their people. Right. They were afraid if they offended their people, they would leave and then they would have no business. Right. And so this is really, it from a different perspective, what I see too many people, they're allowing themselves to be held hostage and they can't figure out why everything's exhausting and everybody's cranky. You know, and one of the phrases that I would love to take credit for this, I can't, I didn't coin it, but I think it's fabulous. I use it all the time. It's like, what you permit you promote. You promote. Hmm. Interesting. What you, so promote. It, yeah. you promote. I mean, because you're basically tacitly <clears throat> telling everyone else this is okay. Right. 
And it's really around, if you don't want to see any behavior flourish, then you as the leader have to deal with it and make it clear. And obviously with all the HR boundaries and everything else, you're not calling a particular person out, but you're going, we don't do this here. Right. And if you want to do this here, there would be the door, right? Because <laughs> we don't do this here. This is not who we are. Right. And I see people way, way, way too unwilling to draw that line these days mm-hmm. and deal with the resulting results, angst, frustration, exhaustion, tail chasing, all of those things. So for drama, me, drama, yeah, right? Drama, yeah. <laughs> the exhaustion, yes. So yeah. it, that to me right now is the foundational issue that I see. Okay. Um, because it's cultural and we've allowed it to just kind of infect our organizations because we're still people. You yeah. Know, we bring all of it with us. Um, but there have to be some things you go, here's the door. You don't bring that stuff to this door. And that's why I said it's that balance of loving on your people because one of the things that we were 99th percentile on was our employee engagement. Sure. But we were also 99th percentile on our quality outcomes. You know, and so it, it's how do you find that that balance? And a lot of times that starts with the will of the leader to say, I'm not doing this anymore. Even if it means we do lose some people, we will probably be more peaceful for it. You know, right. <laughs> you know, so it's it's that willingness to have that kind of ooh, kind of gut check um, or decide, no, you'd rather go with the old goals that required X number of people and be miserable and watch everybody evaporate and watch your customers evaporate too slowly. You know, it's a death by a thousand cuts sort of thing. So, yeah. <clears throat> well, in, in my experience uh, in the businesses I've owned, I've never let go of somebody that I, you know, the next day I didn't feel like, why did I wait this long? Right. Yes. And, and literally 100% of the cases, it was like, okay, we should have done that a while ago because mm-hmm. it's already healthier without that person. And it's, it's hard, you know, that those aren't easy conversations and, you know, you're impacting that individual in a significant way, but they have choices. And like you said, the owners have choices and they have to make clear what, what they're going to allow, what they're going to permit so that they promote it. And kind of the phrase we use at rewild group is climate is comprised of what you expect what you support and what you reward. Mm-hmm. And so expect support reward kind of go together, mm-hmm. create a climate and, and just along the lines you're saying, if, if you're not clear on what you're expecting, then people are going to, it's going to be a pretty wide gamut of yeah. what you're going to experience. So. And it, it's the onus mm-hmm. to your point, the onus is on the leader and the manager and whoever touches that person from the very beginning to make that clear. Yeah. It shouldn't yeah. be a surprise. It shouldn't right. be a gotcha. You know, exactly. Right. I mean, it's like, this is when we would bring people in, I was like, you have been accepted into a fabulous place. And we are very, very, very protective, protective of it. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. we would love to have you stay. We want your ideas right off the map. If day one, you go, why do y'all do that that way? I saw this done somewhere else and it's brilliant. Please speak up because we need to learn from you. At the same time, if you choose to do da, 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 we're going to say there's the door. Yeah. You know, and it's that, that has to be right up front, very clear um, and fair to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I think that idea of uh, it is so hard to create that healthy culture, Mm -hmm. that exceptional culture Mm -hmm. that it's, it's very easy to lose. And, Mm -hmm. and so you're right. You have to protect it. And that's what we would tell our team is, Mm -hmm. 
we worked hard to get here, guys, yeah. but it's you to, to help us protect it, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a team effort. Um, and it's very interesting to see how people did really take it seriously in, mm -hmm. in almost always in a positive way. Occasionally they went a little bit extreme, but, <laughs> you know, but it was like, yeah, they took pride. Well, they valued it because it was important to them. They didn't mm -hmm. want somebody else to, to destroy that. And, a lot of them probably came from organizations that where they didn't have it. And they're like, no, 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 no. I don't want to go back there. So true. That's so true. Okay, Cheryl, those, those are some great stories. Um, if somebody, um, it sounds like you work with a, a wide range of sizes, right? Mm -hmm. um, and industries, do you primarily work in your geographical area or are you, you across uh, states? This is, this is one of the beauties probably of the post-COVID really, you know, being able to work regardless whether it's in the U.S. or not. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, if if it requires physical presence, certainly we can do that. You know, some things do, not right. everything does. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, the pharma team that I was mentioning that was all no touch because they weren't allowed to travel, and I couldn't see them, and they couldn't see me, so it was all Zoom. Right. That's all right. there was. Yeah, so right. it's really a matter of what what makes the most sense. But yeah, that's certainly an option. Okay. Um, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, you know, is there a website or something that they could go and get in touch with you on? Yeah. So our website is recalibrate.today. Um, there is a recalibrate.com. It's not us. <laughs> so recalibrate.today. Um, one of the things that they will find on the website is under the tab for the B99. They can go look. The framework is there for all to see. Okay, perfect. And so they can go look at that if they are curious enough to go, where am I really, really rocking this? And where am I perhaps, where is this might, to your point, the missing piece perhaps? Yeah. Um, there's a couple of quizzes they can take. One that'll say, hey, here's the three where you're just really doing amazing. And a second quiz that's like, these were the ones that are kind of, they're holding you back. Okay. And so what I am offering to your listeners is if they want to go do those two quizzes, and then they're invited to schedule a one-on-one -on -one kind of call with me, 15, 20 minutes, um, just to kind of go a little bit deeper into their personal situation. Okay. No strings, no nothing. And they right. can, like I said, they can find that on the website if they want to just tag me directly at Cheryl at recalibrate.today. So okay. any of those work. Okay. Okay, Cheryl, that's great. So again, to repeat, it's recalibrate.today. And we'll put that in the uh, podcast notes. Um that's great. Okay. So thanks, Cheryl, again for joining us. Uh, and I want to thank our audience for tuning in again to Leaders of Lasting Impact, where we explore advisors and consultants who are impacting in a positive way small and mid-sized businesses around the globe. I hope you'll join in for our next podcast as well. Thanks. Matt Pohl here. Thank you for watching this episode of Leaders of Lasting Impact. If you're a successful business advisor, I encourage you to go to leaders.rewildgroup.com where you can learn how to be a guest on our show. If you enjoyed the episode, please share on social media. You can also tag people that you think might be a good guest for our show. Just be sure to use hashtag Leaders of Lasting Impact so we can see your comments and suggestions. We release episodes on a regular basis, so be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Finally, we really appreciate your ratings and reviews. Those go a long way with promoting 
our podcast. It really means a lot to me and our team. Learn more about the Rewild Group at rewildgroup.com or you can follow us on LinkedIn. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.